it's time to take off on the Award Travel 101 podcast. Helping you maximize your travel rewards, no matter your destination or budget. Now here are your hosts, Award Travel 101 Community Managers, Angie Sparks and Joseph Petrovic, to help you do extraordinary things on Ordinary Money. Did you know that more award space has been popping up than what we've seen in years? Rather than spending hours per trip searching on your own, let Thrifty Traveler Premium's Army of Flight Analysts do the work for you with their customized premium alerts. Whether using miles or points, or you're just looking for a cheap cash flight, Thrifty Traveler Premium will send customized alerts just for you from your selection of home airports, like 43,000 round trip to Japan. Want business class instead? They have you covered there too for 60,000 points one way. Other examples include Emirates Live Flat Business to Athens for 62,000 points, Air France KLM Business Class to Europe and North Africa for 30,000 points, and even their brand new Nerd Alert feature for unique first class service like Etihad Apartments or Cutter First Class. So if you want more premium deal award alerts sent straight to your inbox, Head on over to thriftytraveler.com and use promo code AT101 for $10 off your first year. And we're back for episode 44 of the Award Travel 101 podcast. My name's Joseph Petrovic, and I'm here with Angie Sparks. Hey, Angie. Hey, Joe. Hey, how are you? What's going on? It's been a fun morning and afternoon rushing around. Got some big expenses coming up we'll get into in a little bit here, and I don't like those. Those are not fun. No. Fixing the no, house, I, I, new doors, oh. new new expenses, but you know what that means. It's credit card bonus time. <laughs> <laughs> time to get some subs out of those. It, it makes it a little less painful, at least if you're getting a big old chunk of points. At least I hope is it something pretty to look at. The worst is when you have to get like a new air conditioner or something. And you're like, no, really, come look at my air conditioner. Isn't it awesome? And you said the perfect thing to intro this episode. And you said subs say what? (laughs) So we're going to get into all of the lingo that people use in this community and the things that a lot of our newer members always are asking, what are you saying? What's going on here? But before we get into that, let's jump into our post of the week, which you identified from Chelsea Elizabeth. So Chelsea posted that she was disappointed that she was trying to get two different minimums, two different credit cards and hit minimum spend. And she realized she couldn't pay some of her bills with a credit card. You know, she was hoping she could pay her mortgage and, you know, her car insurance and all these lovely things. And it turned out that she has some substantial discounts on both her car insurance and on her cell phone bill, that it's not worthwhile truly giving up those discounts just to hit a sub. And of course, people chimed in. There were quite a few people that commented on this, trying to give her suggestions for other things that she could pay for or, you know, kind of questioning the whole, what do you mean? I can pay my car insurance. Why can't you? But, you know, obviously you can't pay a mortgage or a bill, usually a loan with a credit card. And <laughs> Boy, I wish you can't pay another credit card (laughs) with a credit card because, boy, we would have quite the circular thing going on with that. But they tend to frown on that. So a lot of folks chimed in, but I thought Rita Themy, sorry, I even had to ask her how to pronounce her last name. She had an excellent idea of looking at your checking account and your other credit cards to see what you already have set up on auto pay 
and moving those things over to the new list. She even posted a huge list of things that she had set up on AutoPay, you know, like Chewy and, you know, Audible and other different subscriptions that she kind of has. And of course, if you get a credit from your Amex Platinum or whatnot, you don't want to use your, move your Audible subscription over. But other people chimed in with, gosh, you know, pay something, even if it incurs a fee. This is the only time really that you would want to use a card and pay a fee for it. Prepay your insurance bills if you're allowed to. Check PayPal bill pay to see if your mortgage company is on there, which sadly mine is not. But some people are lucky and they can do it that way. Or even, heck, buy gift cards for stores you know you're going to shop in, you know, Home Depot, Walgreens, CVS, things like that. You're kind of front-loading your purchase at that point. But at least you know you're going to hit your minimum spend. And she had a plan to at least hit one card. This was more, she wanted to hit it and then refer her husband and get the same thing and get a double, you know, sign up bonus on it. And that wasn't going to be able to happen. Yeah. The getting the bonuses on these things and, and you want to always make sure you kind of have a plan for how you're going to structure these. And this is the reason I don't just sign up for any card at any point in time, which sometimes hits me in the behind because then, you know, something pops up and I don't have the card when I, I could use that. And I've been like, oh man, that would have been nice to have that card to hit that bonus right now. But you also don't want to put yourself in danger of not getting the, the sub because it's something that, you know, this is the most valuable part that most people in this community are going to find is that sign up bonus. And we don't want to mess up on that. So make sure that you have the plan for how to do it. There are some ways to pay mortgages with certain collect cards, but of course, those are going to incur fees from payment processing companies. So you have to know what you're getting into there and see all the different ways. Of course, there are, you know, like you mentioned earlier, it'd be nice to be able to pay a credit card with a credit card. <laughs> and I believe there were some ways to do that back during the pandemic that got a lot of people shut down and lost their yeah. credit cards. So there were some... Yeah ways to circumvent that. And anytime that starts getting broadcast, more people jump on it, the deal dies, and then more people lose their credit cards. So you don't want to jeopardize your accounts for you know what might be a short-term gain. Exactly. I don't like to stress myself out over a new sign-up bonus. So I do try to do the same thing. I time it for when I know I have a major expense coming up. Or you know, if it's just a normal, modest, you know, minimum spend requirement. Sadly, we do tend to spend enough just on regular everyday expenses that I can hit something like that in three months just by using it for everything. But yeah, I feel for her. It's, it's sad to <laughs> get all excited about something and be like, oh, this isn't going to work. <laughs> Well, with that, let's hop over to the news and Southwest flights are now bookable in a new method. I know. So previous, you have never been able to book Southwest flights through the Chase Travel Portal. Um, Southwest is a transfer partner of Chase. So you've always been able to transfer your part, your uh, points over and book directly with Southwest. But if you wanted to book it with Chase and have it look to Southwest like it's a cash flight, you actually had to call, like, you know, go old school, pick up the phone and dial them and they could book the ticket for you. But you had to depend on what they were seeing on their computer. And apparently there are some discrepancies between what the Chase Travel Portal will see now. This is brand new. So we don't even have any data points yet on if you book through the portal and then you cancel that flight, does it come back as travel funds on Southwest or does it get reversed back to Chase? 
because Capital One, apparently, if you book stuff through their capital, their travel portal, it does. It comes back to your Capital One account versus staying with the airline, which is just really odd because I think that's the only one it happens with. But there are some discrepancies, apparently, if you are looking at the Chase Travel Portal for the price of a flight, and then you look on the Southwest website, sometimes they're priced differently. So you want to check both of them to see if it makes sense. One of our members was all excited about it, though, because she only uses points to book her Southwest flights. But this way, she can actually book them through the Chase Travel Portal, still use points, but Southwest will think they are revenue flights, which will count for a list. Yeah, this is something that'll be interesting to me a little bit because I do have the Sapphire Reserve. So at 1.5 cents, that's going to be a higher value in almost all cases than what Southwest points are going to be worth come January 2024, since they're devaluing those points. The only question then becomes, does it, if it's like a third-party booking, now you're running into that same scenario that we've always talked about trying to avoid with, you know, having that third party interfering with changes or cancellations. And that's something that I guess we'll see how it goes. Yeah, I don't know that this is going to move the move the needle so much for me because definitely, you know, I still have a, enough of a Southwest balance. I haven't transferred, I've never transferred uh, Southwest points or Chase points to Southwest before. And this is a first time if I do, I would ever do that. So I'm still sitting on enough that I don't have to think about that for a while. But for those who do, it, it, it's an alternative option where you can help earn status. It is, you're going to earn points on that as well because it's effectively a cash fare and you're going to have to weigh out for, say, the ink preferred as well as the sapphire preferred, which one's better. I don't know that either one looks particularly attractive, but for some, especially those sitting in a companion pass, it might. So the next thing is, this is one of your favorites. LifeLock was back on Rakuten at 95%. This is an excellent way to increase your membership rewards balance if you have your Rakuten account set up to earn membership rewards versus the big fat check. Did you do it again? I have not. And this is something that I actually, I think I was probably the very first person to break this into the award travel communities way back in 2018 2019 there was a 120% bonus back and i said I remember hey, that you can buy american express points effectively by buying the most expensive lifelock subscription you can get add all the people you want and you're buying membership rewards at well under a cent a piece now at this price at 95% you're effectively buying you can use maybe like a blue business plus so when you earn another 2x on it, that's effectively 97x, and you're buying them just over a cent apiece. Obviously, flexible points are what we want, and you can definitely tack on your membership rewards balance. You know, I like to spend the full amount possible. That's like, you know, at the one time, it used to be almost $1,000 for four people. So you could earn, you know, on that almost 100,000, it'd be like 90,000 points. They have different promotion and pricing today. So I think they try to get, you know, they've lowered their initial year pricing. So you can't quite spend as much. So you're not getting quite as many points on these things. But if you wanted to have like the promote protections that LifeLock offers and earn points, this is like a huge bonus. But if you're looking at it straight as buying points, you know, it could be anywhere between 
I'm going to say 20, 270 to $360 per person is the range that they typically charge per year. You do have to pay this all up front. You don't want to be on the monthly subscription for mm-hmm. this because you won't earn that. You'll only earn what you spend. So if you can, if you're looking to buy membership rewards points, certainly is a way to buy them cheaper. There is no other way to buy them. You used to be able to buy them at two cents a piece if you did a transfer and you didn't have enough points. But that, if it hasn't been eliminated already, it is going to be eliminated within the next month or two. So several of these news items that we have, they're things that we've dropped in the group, but they happen pretty quickly. It's like, okay, this is going on. Go take advantage of it. And now it's dead. But we're letting you know that these things have happened. So this is an example of one of them. Another one was there are quite a few hotel promotions that are gearing up um, in preparation for Black Friday. And by the time this episode airs, Black Friday will be well in our rear view window and we will be in the throes of Christmas shopping by that time. I'm sorry, holiday shopping, whatever <laughs> whatever holiday you celebrate. Anyway, so anyway, there are hotel promotions for specifically for Hyatt and IHG. I want to say we probably had four IHG different posts in the past week about all yeah. the different promotions that they had going on. I think I call it, they're, they're the baby Ruth of the hotel programs <laughs> there. Where everybody talks about Hyatt, Marriott, Hilton. And then you got IHG over here that's secretly doing things that are pretty good, but people don't talk about it as much. So you follow the group. So you hear these things when they happen right away, like our next big news item. Which is Cutter dropping a ton of availability. And this is something that a lot of people looking to fly Q suites over to the Middle East or beyond to Africa, the Maldives, the Seychelles, anywhere that they fly, finding their low-level saver awards, you can get as low as 70,000 American miles uh, over to the Middle East. I think it's 75,000 miles to South Africa. So if you have one credit card bonus, sign-up bonus from a city or Barclays card just about, you can get a business class flight over to the Middle East, or even with a little bit more to South Africa. Uh, Of course, you can also book directly through the Avios program. So whether that's British Airways or Qatar directly, and often there are transfer bonuses on those. So Angie's talked in the past about her Qatar Q-suites that she booked for like 60,000 points or so down to, where was it again? That was the safari. That was the one coming back from Zanzibar. So my 15-hour flight was 61, effectively 61,000 miles per person because I hit that 40% transfer bonus to British Airways and I have my obvious accounts connected. So, and, and that now you know, is also bookable with JetBlue points too. With JetBlue. So all those JetBlue points I used back when they had a, <laughs> a, a shopping portal, I can finally put them to use. <laughs> and Chase actually had a transfer bonus. I think it's still going on to JetBlue for the first time ever. So it's kind of like that all happened in in one one big old chunk of time that we had all these things popping up right and left. So lots of interesting things going on. And then finally, Condor and Emirates have announced a code share agreement where you can now use Emirates miles to book Condor. Previously, you could only use Alaska miles. And so a lot of people, especially on the West Coast, were looking at these and saying, hey, I could use Alaska miles. There is some, this is a new partnership, so we don't have all the details and haven't found a ton of award availability to be able to book with Emirates, but there were some examples we'll share in the show notes. They found one from Mexico to 
over to Germany and it was, I think it was like 80 some thousand points. So it is more expensive than using Alaska miles. However, it's a lot easier to obtain Emirates points because everybody transfers to Emirates. Exactly. Alaska miles are pretty hard to come by since nobody transfers to them. So this, this is a positive in that respect. And somebody chimed in one of our members and said that they had flown Condor before and that the actual in-flight experience was was wonderful. It was a super comfortable seat, good food, just everything was great. They were not incredibly impressed with the on-ground personnel, but we've seen that with other carriers as well. So let that be. I, I assume that's just the day that you fly and maybe it, we don't know. I mean, Condor is a newer airline to the miles and points community. So it's not something that a ton of people have used. So who knows what the long-term experience is, and maybe it's just getting accustomed to that. I think the final thing we should talk about, we don't actually have written down here, but we should talk about a little bit about the Alaska change as well, is that they're updating their charts for 2024. So there's going to be some changes uh, to the Alaska program. And with that in mind, you're, it's going to be some good spots and some bad spots. A, a lot of uh, the people when that was first announced were talking about how Asia and the South Pacific were getting nuked because you could book something like Australia for 50 to 55,000 miles on, on Qantas. I think it's going to get a little bit more expensive and you could book Asia. Uh, a lot of people like Asia now that had already started to change earlier this year, but it's going to also get a little more expensive to fly to Asia. However, some of their Spots are going to look a little more attractive in the shorter distance halls because they're actually putting a distance chart. And if that Saver Award level is there, it, start, it says it's starting at. So whatever that distance pricing is, if there is a Saver level seat and that is the lowest level award seat available on any partner, then it's supposedly going to be that price uh, that's been one of the uh, caveats of the Alaska program right now is they have the prices that say starting at, and it can be anywhere between 12000 and 120000 for an economy award. So you don't really right. know what it's going to be. But supposedly, if there is a true saver award available seat, then it will be at that low price at that chart. So uh, there are some... You got to be really careful with Alaska, though, because they have a really bad tendency to have it be a mixed cabin situation where maybe only 10% of that whole itinerary is in a premium cabin, but they will charge the entire itinerary at the premium cabin pricing. And I have yet to find one of those good international prices because I've kind of been, say, hoarding because we don't hoard our miles. We save them for, for specific redemptions. So I've been saving my Alaska miles, hopefully to find something down to Australia or New Zealand. And I either run into that, you know, oh, 10%, you know, here from Tampa to, I don't know, Orlando practically, and it's really not that. <laughs> and the rest of the way, you got to be, you know, back in economy, or it's just, it's just flat out not available. And of course, living on the East Coast, Alaska is not my number one airline to fly. I think one of the more interesting things, though, is that they're unifying all the awards. So, I mean, there were all these different award charts for all these partners they brought on. And I think that's been one of the major complaints is that every partner they brought on, it was like a terrible redemption. Everything was just not as good as what everybody had been accustomed to through Alaska. Alaska used to be considered one of the best 
if not the best award program out there because there was tons of value to be had from these sweet spots for those who knew how to utilize them. And um, now without the award availability being there so much, it hasn't been as nice to use. And there's, you know, a million different partners. They're unifying the award chart. It'll make it much easier to use. And again, we'll leave some more details in the show notes with the post from Award Wallet. And with that, let's jump into some trip updates. Angie, what's new? Not a whole heck of a lot at all. I mentioned in last week's podcast or the last podcast that you and I talked on that I had a girl's trip for to Montana and Brian Mullins messaged me to let me know that Southwest not flies to Bozeman, Montana. And so, hey, I was concerned about the whole check bag thing because got to check the golf clubs mm -hmm. and that's not an issue with Southwest. So the schedule isn't open for the dates of the week that the trip is, but that's super handy, especially since I have a companion pass. So I'm going to, you know, kind of auction that up to my friends for the, who wants to be my companion <laughs> and have a BOGO trip here? Yeah, with two free bags, I mean, you're looking at not only having to, you can certainly check your, you know, big bag if you wanted to, but you could also check a golf bag or skis or whatever you're going to bring along. Yep. And that makes you know, it more attractive for some, even though Southwest is not the discount airline it once was. No, it's not. And it, the I just looked real quickly to see what the pricing is. And it, it's not cheap by, by any means, but it's not cheap to get to Montana in the middle of summer anyway. So we'll have to see. It, but it's an option, which that's good to know. Additionally, I finally sat down with P2 and we talked a little bit about the trips that I had booked for the two of us. Um, and he does not want to go on safari. Uh, he said he's kind of intrigued, but he doesn't really want to go that far and be gone that long. And since I just went on one, that's most likely going to get canceled. I haven't canceled it yet. I had it booked with three other points friends. So I'll try and probably coordinate with them when I cancel it so that if they have a fourth person that they want to have go with them, they can try and see if they can grab that space if it does go back into inventory. I'm still holding on to my Australia flight, and I would love to be able to do that, but I've got to sell this house first. So working away on that. That's the that's the big project over the next two months is to make that happen. So no more trips. I'm gonna have to live vicariously. <laughs> I did have I did help a friend though. I did help a friend who is going to Europe next fall, and he'd found the outbound flight. He's flying over on Euro Wings, which is the Lufthansa low cost, not low cost carrier, but it's their, I guess their vacation division or whatnot. And he was able to book it on United and he's got business class and it's like, yeah, it's not the greatest thing, but it's nonstop to Europe from here. But he couldn't find a way home. I found him Turkish, 45,000 miles from Istanbul to Miami. Wow. And he was thrilled. He kept going, you sure that's business class? And I'm like, that is business <laughs> class. Yes, it is. So it was great. And, you know, the good thing was, you know, you have friends that are always like, oh, yes, I do points, but they want to fly on a specific day from one small airport to another small airport. They only want one stop. They're just not terribly flexible. At least he was very flexible. He truly does understand award travel. He just was having a hard time finding something because it was kind of overwhelming him. So he was thrilled and willing to do some positioning. And yep, I'll fly into Miami and figure out a way to get back to Tampa. Yeah, so. no, 45,000 points and that's anywhere in the US. So if you find that Turkish saver space, I mean, it could be Los Angeles to 
Istanbul and beyond. I mean, Istanbul prices into the Europe zone. So you might have a really long flight from LA to Istanbul and then Istanbul to anywhere else in Europe. And it's still 45,000 Turkish miles. And if you happen to transfer those in from city, you could, if you have the right sets of cards, you might get a 10% mm-hmm. bonus on that. So that's like uh, 40,000 Turkish or city thank you points for a Turkish flight. Of course, Capital One built, and I think, what is it, Marriott Bonvoy? That's the other one. I don't remember what yeah, all. Yeah, I think those are the only ones over. But great use of your points there for Turkish and business classes, and something that a lot of people in the community have enjoyed. It's great. I I loved my experience. I'd do it again. So okay, so since I have no really exciting trip updates, how about you? <laughs> again, I have to live vicariously now. Small, th- small <laughs> things, small things. So first of all, this episode is going to air December first, so. That means on December 1st, if you still haven't signed up yet, I'm actually going to join Ed Pizzarello and Trevor Mount Castle out in D.C. on Monday. That's December 4th for a Toys for Tot run. So anybody who wants to meet out, they're doing their Toys for Tot drive, and it's a good way to give back to the community. So if you're in the D.C. area, want to come out and meet up, I'm joining them to just kind of hang out, talk miles and points, and do anything fun out there. They're going to be meeting at Bar Bow. I'll link all the information into the show notes for that so you can find that. Join their Eventbrite. It is a free ticket. You can just hop on over, do some good for the community. This community has been very generous to me in so many ways, and it's a nice way to give back. So support that event. I'll be heading out there. That's one of the things I'll be doing. I'm waiting for some Saver Awards space on United because that's what I I have flights booked uh, currently on American both ways. I'm flying in and out that day, but I'm going to try to hop on United because I need one more flight. I'm not so much for the segment, but I need the point, the premier qualifying points to retain silver status on United. So I'm waiting for a saver spot to open up for that flight there. And hopefully if it doesn't open up soon, it opens up the day of or day before so that I can hit that without having to do a status run. And then we're working on spring break. I have some things booked and I don't know what we're going to do fully, but I have a bunch of breeze points that I'd gotten about a year and a half ago from a canceled flight. They really kind of screwed a lot of people over, but I'd had a backup flight in place. So I did not get screwed and I earned a whole bunch. I earned like 200,000 breeze points. I used about 500 of them with or 50,000 of them because they're one to one each point of theirs is very much a cash value. So one breeze point is one cent. I used $500 or or 50,000 breeze points to do a trip to Las Vegas earlier uh, this year with my son. And we still have $1,500 in credit left, which is effectively 150,000 breeze points. And I'm trying to figure out how to use those before July because they do have a two-year expiration. There's no way to keep them active. And I want to get the most value. So we're working on figuring out how to use those. Also, the day after I record this, I'm heading up to Cleveland to go to the Hyatt Regency with my wife. We're heading up to the uh, Hyatt Regency at the arcade. And I didn't want to get one of their lesser rooms. I've heard a lot of complaints. I think Allison had mentioned (laughs) that she didn't have the best experience at the room she had. And while I have uh, standard room availability and suite upgrades, obviously, with global status, I could chance that getting upgraded to the standard suite, or I could use a suite upgrade award certificate to lock that in. I decided that 
I wanted the nicer room and I have had a couple things in mind for the reason why I wanted their VIP suite. So I use double the points instead of 12,000 points. I use 24,000 points to book the VIP premium 1100 square foot suite. Does have a nice bar and dining room table and things like that. And one of our moderators, Jackie Wisniewski, is going to be in the area as well. So we're going to do the uh, 100K giveaway and we're going to get all that information tackled one of those days there. So I'll meet up with her, get that stuff straightened out. And then P2 and me, we have a nice suite for the evening, following day and whatever we decide to do from there. So that's pretty much everything I've got set up in the short term things that I've been working on since our last discussion. So let's jump into what bonuses we've picked up. Nothing new over here. Um, I did apply for a new ink card because, you know, what the heck, under 524. <laughs> let's, let's just roll the dice and see what happens. And of course, I got the lovely, we'll let you know, but it was the 7 to 12 day notice one. So I'm hoping huh. that that's a positive result with that one. We missed the 150K uh. on the business goal. That deadline passed, so didn't get it. And I went looking like in incognito mode to see if I could find it again, but none of them were no lifetime language offers. And there was a huge whopping business business platinum offer. But again, as we all know, I already have one of those and I have a business <laughs> gold. So I'm not eligible for any of these that don't have the no lifetime language. So I'm just, I guess at this point, I'm just kind of building up balances with my thank you points since I'm using my double cash for everything for all these other expenses. But maybe I'll look out and I'll get an ink card and it'll get here in time before we have to pay our property taxes. But that's coming really soon. So yeah, I don't no, know. Nothing for me from Chase uh, for a while until August next year. I am a 524 until August 2024. So anything Chase side going to have to come from P2 and I'm looking at the still looking at the ink cash ink preferred for her I think we can knock out the spend before the year's over and I've been sitting on a business platinum enhanced 150,000 no lifetime limit offer from American Express so I'm probably going to take advantage of that cuz it has a two part sign up bonus in addition to the 150,000 point Sign up bonus. It also has a 30,000 point checking account bonus, which I've done that before. They actually had a better checking bo account bonus when I did it at 60,000 points. But if you do both, it's a combined offer, which I can definitely do. It's a total of 200,000 membership rewards points. And while I haven't used a ton of them lately since building my last trip with my dad, you know, I did use up a lot of Iberia and British Airways, Cutter, whatever you want. I used a bunch of Avios up and I've also used up some Virgin Atlantic Flying Club points. So, you know, with those, it'd be nice to give a, a little bit of refresh. And then before I start maybe hitting the brakes a little bit on American Express, I get what I can while it's still available. I have through December 31st to make that decision, but I really want to get the most out of that. I think I need to do that right around the beginning of December so that if I'm approved, I can take advantage of all the credits on that. Yep. You've got the $200 Dell credit. You've got the $200 incidental flying credit. That's 400 bucks right off the bat that I can knock off that uh, annual fee and then look into some of the other things before. And that's one of those things you can kind of triple dip if uh, the car doesn't work for you long term because the annual fee will come due then in January. And uh, you could get the, the uh, incidental flying credit in 2023, 2024. 
in 2025. That's $600 of travel credit uh, before the thing renews if you decide you don't want to keep it. And so that's something that's interesting to me. Yeah, we've got that same offer, but my only concern with it is it's on P2's account. It is not for me. And since he just had the issue with the business gold, I don't know that this would be, even though it says, oh, you're, you're, we're pre-approved you for this. I don't know if this would go through, but it's the same thing. If I could, if I could do it, get it quickly so I could pay this property tax and then still have it to be able to do property insurance when that comes due, I could, I could hit that spend because it's a big one. You know, but it'd be nice to do that triple dip again. I don't yeah. know. I'm 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 debating if I want to do it. I just got the uh, done with an appointment from Home Improvement Place, and we're looking at a new front door on the house. So I got a big chunk of it already there, and and if whatever I can't do, I, it it does have a very large minimum spend, a fifteen thousand dollar minimum spending requirement. So whatever the door doesn't cost, I could certainly throw towards estimated taxes and I know I'm going to have a refund. So, but just knowing that I I can knock it out through that and then get that refunded effectively, lend the government some money for a little bit and (laughs) then get it back uh, with a small, what is it? 1.87%, you know, transaction fee. You can't get much better than that if you're going to pay some sort of fee. So with that, we talked about the all the things that you know we normally discuss, but we said, say what? I, I really like that. <laughs> I, I thought that was uh, funny. Say what? Uh, we get so what many talk questions about <laughs> in the award travel communities and abroad that this was a great topic for this episode, jumping into the different questions that we have from members. So what do we want to start out with? Well, First of all, I do want to I do want to remind people who might be listening to this that this is the award award travel one oh one community. So we have a lot of new people in the hobby and people who are brand spanking new to award award travel, brand spanking new to collecting points and miles and things like that. In addition to all of our members who've been around for forever, so some people might listen and be like, well, "I know all this stuff." Okay, feel free fast forward a little bit, but for the new people. One of the com one of the complaints, I guess I want to say that we get often is somebody will answer a qu- ask a question, and then you get a lot of members because our members are very helpful. They'll chime in and they'll start answering. Well, they're using lingo and they're using acronyms and they're using abbreviations and things like that. And it's like a foreign language. You really are learning a different language when you start this. It's just like any other hobby that you pick up or anything else. There's there are terms. There are phrases that are unique to that. And so these new people, though, they're like, what? <laughs> could you could you please, what are you talking about? I don't understand what these things mean. All the technical jargon. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, could you please type these things out and tell us what you're saying? And, and you know, not to be rude, the short answer is no, we can't. <laughs> it's like, you need to learn it. We're, we're typing the same things often. often answering a lot of the similar questions and it's one of those it's easy it's easy for us to sit there and answer a question more fully if we don't have to type out every single one of these phrases and plus you'll pick up on it and you can start talking to people and be knowledgeable and then you start reading other things and all of a sudden you read something you're like i understood every single thing that was in that comment i know what they all meant so some of the more common ones that you know are, are that we use all the time are 524. Well, we talked about it before. 524 is the chase rule. You can't have opened more than 
You can't have opened, once you open five cards within a 24-month period of time, sorry, the, the door is closed. Joe just said it a minute ago. He is at 524 now, and the door is closed for him until next August. CSR, that could mean customer service rep, or it could mean Chase Sapphire Reserve. You need the context. Yeah. Yeah, because that's CIC, CIU, you've got a different, a whole bunch of Chase cards, though, people will use. In addition, we have sub, we'll mention that, P2. So P2, P3, P4, you may hear that over and over, and those are the different players. We we talk about this. A lot of people talk about the award travel hobby because P2 is a player in that hobby or game. So, you know, there are different ways of approaching it. It just means that I don't have to say, hey, my wife or my significant other or my girlfriend or my boyfriend or whatever it is, my P2 is, you know, the person who's not as active in this as I am. You know, my wife is my P2. She will go along with applying for credit cards, but is she that interested in doing this? No, she's the P2. My P3 and P4 are my kids, but some people that might be their parents. You know, you might be, mm-hmm. you know, newly into this. You may not have kids and you may get your parents involved. So those may be your P3, P4. Those are the things that you want to look at. You know, we talk about class of service and and somebody might say, oh, you know, I booked F and somebody's like, what the heck is F? What is J? I think most people can more understand F than most of the rest of the ones. When I, right. I first started seeing these F, you know, F is first class. Everybody wants to fly first class. So, but the, there are certain fair codes that go into this and people have generalized these fair codes to F, J, and Y. And then there's the, the one in between, which is P, E. So, you have F is first <laughs> class and it's, and all these are general, uh,izations because there are variations of these. So F is not always F. It may be, you know, a different, it may be P, but these are the full fare codes of award tickets. So you have full fare F, full fare J, full fare Y. J is business class, Y is economy. And a lot of times R is premium economy. But then uh, again, there each airline has its own little variation of those. So again, lots of different terms for the class of service that you're flying. And then we get into the one that ever, people start saying is, "Hey, I'm flying, you know, J to DOH." And what is DOH? There you get into your airport codes. So every airport has a. I actually think it's a four-letter code, like starting with K or something. If you go look at that, but they'll have like a three-letter code. And, you know, almost everybody knows like their local airport, although they might still have it incorrect. <laughs> I live, I have Tampa International Airport here. So some people might think, oh, it's TIA. No, it's not. It's TPA. You have Cleveland Hopkins, but you don't put in Cleveland Hopkins when you search, you put in CLE. Well, okay, so that's fine. So most people know that they're a local one. And then you get really weird. Orlando, MCO, because it's like some former, like, I don't know, military uh, right. airport or something right. i think my buddy they always were, gets confused by ord i, I say you know yeah and we see it around he's like why am I, why are we flying through orlando it's like yeah. no ord is chicago so it's <laughs> o'hare but yeah so it's you know you see those things and the the thing that i've done and, and recommend i'd recommend other people doing i mean certainly you can ask us and you'll get some people who are your keyboard warriors who are going to be like google it but truly, right. if you do Google it, you, you type in ORD, you're going to find out what ORD is. If you type in, you know, hookah, 
hang up, call again. That's the thing, you know, if you know you don't get the answer you're looking for, it doesn't mean that the the CSR is correct. <laughs> uh, you may have to hookah. You may have to hang up and call again because they are not always correct in the things they say. So you may you may have one that tells you that you're not able to do something that you're trying to do and another one that says, yeah, no problem, let me do that. And it may require a hang up and call again. Well, and the importance of knowing the different airport codes you know, it's easy to search from TPA to where I want to go. And if you're in Google Flights, you can just start typing in the name of the city or whatnot that you want to go to. But again, it starts becoming easier just to type in, you know, the airport, you know what the airport code is. So again, helping that same friend who wanted to get home from Europe, it was easier to type in IST for Istanbul to, and then just starts checking different hubs that they could fly to. In the United States, it's just it's shorter and it's easier if you know what those hub codes are. And again, Google is your friend on something like this. It's super easy to be like, "What's the airport code for Miami?" MIA. It's an easy thing to look up. Yeah, there might be some that throw you off because uh, they you think you're typing in one and you end up in another. So you got to be careful on that. That there are a few airport codes. I think Austin could be confused for some for Australia. Some people might think they're, you're going to Australia or if, uh, what was the other one that was in Europe? Oh, you got Portland, Maine. Well, and there's also Portland, Maine versus Portland, Oregon. Oregon. You got to be really careful that yeah. you get the correct state. Yeah. Austria. Austria. So yeah. So Austin, A, AUS is not Australia or. Yeah. Or Austria. Austria. Yeah. <laughs> So, and going along with the with the airport codes is you have airline codes. So some of them are very self-explanatory. AA, American Airlines, but it's not Alaska Airlines. <laughs> but you get the really weird one. So Southwest is WN. I'm sure there's a reason for it. I don't know what it is. JetBlue, B6. You don't necessarily need to know those when you're going to search for flights because you're not going to be typing that in. But again, if you're reading posts and people are saying, I have this booked, da, 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 da. You know what's going on and you can understand it. And you don't have to worry about those keyboard warriors who decide they have to be snarky about it or, you know, give you the Google thing. And, but 100%, I have seen people that they will type that they are flying SW thinking that they're flying Southwest and somebody has to chime in and say, by the way, it's WN. And you can so, find these things on your ticket too. So, I mean, it'll say like, if you're flying a frontier ticket, it'll say, F92435, that's your flight number. It's the airline code and the flight number, and you'll see those on your ticket. So if you have an airline ticket that you happen to have handy, take a look at your airline that you're flying and say, what does it say on there? If it says UA1976, that's United Airlines 1976. If it's NK5361, it's going to be Spirit Airlines 5361. Those are the things you'll, if you see somebody say, Hey, I'm flying QR, then it's going to be Cutter Airlines and, and whatever the flight number is. So those are things that, you know, those of us who've been around for years and years recognize this. And again, it's a lot of people think, Oh, this is like Greek. I can never learn it. You know, it's just too hard. But if you put a little effort into it and you Google search these things, you know, again, we'll link in a post that gives a ton of information on all the different, you know, codes that are out there. And some of them are going to may not always be perfect. You, you know, we talk about round trips or one ways. And so you may see OW or RT, you know, those are things too, that you have to look at. 
It's just getting accustomed to how everything's going to work, how you can find things in the the community. And again, if you have a question, don't hesitate to ask. We're happy to answer that. Tag Angie, tag me. And we're definitely here to help you out, learn how to use this and use all this information. But again, we do have over 100,000 members with you know, a thousand posts a month that we approve, not even all the ones that come in that we approve (laughs) into the community and repeating these things over and over and over. And we get a lot of repetitive posts, whether you believe it or not, that we answer the same question over and over. And it's just easier if you learn how to uh, read all the short code and know it's not always the most fun. And we're happy to answer these questions in the community. But we'll definitely link a a post in the show notes here so that you can kind of reference that you're learning this stuff and how to uh, get more out of it because you're going to get more out of it once you start understanding all these different codes. And I want everybody to know, too, that I don't know every single one of these things. And there's a lot of times where somebody will post something. I'm like, I have no idea what that airport is. And I will have to go and Google it or, you know, all the the fair codes when they start getting really deep into the weeds of like, I don't have a clue what they mean with that one. So, you know, even having done this as long as I have, I I still don't know all these different terms. I still keep trying to figure it out. You know, there's a ton of airport codes that pop up and and I'm like, okay, that one doesn't look familiar to me. How can I, you know, figure out what that is or where it is? Then you can use a tool like GC Mapper where you get the, you know, you can put these codes in and you can kind of start seeing where it is geographically and, and what you need to do. And that's where you can then start using some of the other tools, like what airlines fly to this airport. And then you can use the transfer partner matrix because you can say, well, hey, if this airline flies there, then I can use these points to probably book it. And you start putting together the full picture of how to do all of this. It gets a lot more exciting and interesting as you learn more and more about the award travel hobby, the award travel game, whatever you want to call it. It's something that you can get a ton of value by understanding these terms that we use. We're not trying to be rude and condescending here. We just, it takes a lot to answer the same question over and over. And we want to make sure you understand it, We, but we've got to get through and be able to answer all these questions too. Exactly. But we're happy to do it. So with that, let's jump into our tip of the week. We talked about award wallet two weeks ago, I think, um, and using that to really keep track of all your loyalty programs and your credit cards and your miles and things like that. Additionally, I would also like to recommend maybe keeping your own spreadsheet or list or something. I think a spreadsheet is probably the way to go, but I'm also an accountant nerd numbers person. (laughs) And start doing this at the beginning of the hobby because you're going to have a bunch of cards. You're going to have annual fees. Each card has a different benefit. Each card has credits, things like that, that you want to use. Keep track of what you've used a free night certificate on to know at the end of the year when your next annual fee rolls around, hey, did that card pull its weight? You know, when you have two cards, it's kind of easy to sit there and think about it and be like, oh, I did this and I did this and I used all those credits. I'm good. Well, when you get to the point where we are and you have that many, I can still keep a lot of them straight in my head, but not all of them. And I can't remember every hotel that I used a free night certificate for and how much the hotel cost was, you know, the cash price of it to see if I got good value for it. I just got an email yesterday, I think, from a word wallet. Hello, hint again, reminding me that I have not used my $75 credit that is on my Southwest Priority personal credit card. 
it's a great card for great reporting positions in the $75 credit on anything that you charge directly on Southwest more than makes up for the annual fee on that card. But if I hadn't used the $75 credit, you know, and it goes away at the end of the, I think it's a card member year thing. I had forgotten about it, didn't realize that I hadn't used it. Thank them that they had told me about it. But if I hadn't had a spreadsheet or something, I would be able to look at it and say, oh, I still need to use that and, and time it well. Yeah, I try to make sure that I keep all of mine handy as well. And it's something that I know that if I have the card that I'm getting the value out of it, but sometimes you know, not everybody is doing that. And I'm always looking for ways to maximize these different certificates, these different awards. Not everybody has the time to do all those kind of things as well, and or necessarily the flexibility that I have. So if you're you're chasing it down to try to get the best value for it, it might not be worth having either. So if you're doing too much work for it, right, then you've got to start evaluating whether that card makes sense or if it's time to move on and go a different direction. And that's exactly why we got rid of one of the business platinum cards because I don't need any more headphones. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it's one of those, sure, you know, we, if I could use the $200 travel credit and the $400 Dell credit and the $120 a year in wireless credits, I come out ahead on the annual fee. But when I have to work that hard to use the Dell credit now all the time, yeah. <laughs> It's a little exhausting. So if anyone wants to learn more about using Award Wallet and keeping track of credits and what different lingo we're using, Angie, where can everyone find us? They can find us on Facebook in the 100,000 plus member Award Travel 101 community. And if you want to jump into some more intermediate and advanced strategies, Award Travel 201 is a community filled with those who want to dig into the weeds looking for more outsized value. To book time with our team to discuss how to better your earning and burning strategies, check out our Award Travel one-on-one consulting service. And you can email us at contactawardtravel at gmail.com. And if learning in person is more your style, you can register now for our spring meetup in beautiful downtown San Antonio by the Riverwalk. It's currently sold out, but we do have a wait list going on. So hop on over to the group and sign up for the wait list and hopefully a spot will open up. But we do recommend that if you're going to do that, get your hotel now. It makes it fully refundable, though. (laughs) And we thank you for supporting the Award Travel 101 podcast and community when applying for your next rewards card. Thanks again. Safe travels. Take care. Happy holidays. Happy holidays.